With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, good evening, everyone. This is John Borden with Wolverine Live here with the one of the bravest men in America, Mr. Tom Crawford, Michigan grad, lives in East Lansing, goes on press pass with uh, with our friends uh, Jack Ebling and Rico Beard and uh, and more than holds his own. Tom, great to have you with us. Well, it's great to be here, JB. You know, uh, like we said last week, never a dull moment, never lacking content to talk about what's going on, Michigan football, Michigan basketball, intercollegiate college football, intercollegiate college basketball, tour initials TP, transfer portal. Wow, we could go the whole 45 on that alone. Just philosophically, we could go on that alone. Yeah, no question about it. We've got some things to talk about, not just factually with the transfer portal, but uh, philosophically, as you uh, referenced, uh, about the entire, how, how do we look at this thing? Because certainly Michigan has benefited from the guys that have, are coming in. You're, you're looking at some, uh, some really fine players who will take the field for the Wolverines this year that have come from across the country, whether it be Nebraska or Arizona State or you name it. Uh, they've pulled in some really fine players. Today, we've got uh, three heading out the door, and those would be uh, Nikai Hill-Green, A.J. Henning, and R.J. Moten headed to the transfer portal. Tom Crawford, your initial reaction to those guys hitting the highway? I mean, those are household names, let's call them, you know. Those those are those are dudes that have played a lot of football for the University of Michigan. Um, I mean, AJ Henning is been. A, I still see uh, AJ Henning in that sweep against Ohio State in the 2021 game and that touchdown there in the South End Zone. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he was a prominent player. Uh, yes. He has been. Uh, maybe not catching the football a lot, but certainly he's out there uh, with punt returns and then in sweeps. You know, but. All three of those guys didn't shock me, though, because this depth pool is so deep, both sides of the ball, like we've been talking about. And then to get into the philosophical part about college football, it goes around, comes around. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, right? You know, so, I mean, it's it's, no it's open season uh, for plucking somebody else's personnel, but uh, that, that your own personnel is going to get plucked by the opposition as well. Yeah, there's no question about it. And you know, you mentioned some of the highlights for A.J. Henning, and I I certainly agree with you. He has had some uh, uh, excellent moments for the Wolverines. But what jumped out to me about last year was, you know, that was supposed to be the year where he kind of became this player that uh, had did it all a little bit for the Wolverines and uh, ran the ball, caught the ball. He ran the ball three times last season. He yeah. ran the ball three times for average less than one yard per carry. He had nine catches for 60 yards. Uh, didn't really make an impact there. Biggest impact was on special teams, and they'll have yeah. to replace him as a kick returner and the punt returner. So, I mean, 
<clears throat> I think, you know, that's those are things that a guy like Roman Wilson can accomplish. You always had the feeling with A.J. Henning, or at least I did, that he he never felt like he was quite used uh, enough uh, or at, like he wanted to be, and it just wasn't happening for him. But, you know, you've got, as you said, uh, you have got great depth and immense team success. So th- nobody's got a, a whole lot of reason to uh, to complain, but at the same time, these guys want to carve out a place for themselves and want to be a standout and want to get people looking at them for the NFL. So A.J. Henning makes that decision. I felt <clears throat> a little bit the same way about Nakai Hill Green, although he's been injured and we just didn't see him last year. You kept waiting for him to come back, come back, come back. You know, okay, he'll probably be back later in the season. And it just, it, it never happened. So, you know, I, I think that uh, with him leaving, it's, you know, Michigan has really developed the, the, uh, the depth on the defense. I think certainly the biggest of those three was R.J. Moten because he was going to, be a part of that defense once again. 31 tackles last year, two and a half TFLs, uh, one and a half sacks. He was a part of things, no question about it. Um, so I, I just think it's a function of everybody in college football right now. If you're playing at all, if you think you should be playing, you're looking around and saying, okay, is this my best opportunity? You know, uh, good analysis on all three of those players. And um, when I think of AJ Henning, you know, it's like when we're up in the press box, I I look at the entire field of pre-snap and snap, and I, and I watch the wide receivers a lot because I want to see an aerial game, so I want to see who's open. You know, it's like before I even watch the ball, whatever JJ McCarthy is going to do in RPO or or drop back or whatever out of the gun, whatever he's doing. Okay, AJ Henning to me, was one who struggled. Well, first of all, he's not tall, okay, mm-hmm. which is a, a big need for Michigan football. But he he had he struggled getting separation. I he he couldn't get open from what I saw, and you know uh, from from my you know I you know minimal expertise. I mean, I just I, I I'm just saying that I from what I visually saw, he he had a, a difficult time. Nakayo Green. Uh, was a guy uh, Michigan's not going to miss this year because he didn't play last year. But I'm telling you what, I, I do remember vividly, John, in 2020, I'm on, you were a Nakai Hill Green <laughs> guy. You know, if you remember that, you mentioned him quite a bit. And he was, in 2021, uh, an up-and-coming player. And, you know, I thought great things. Now, it you know, with Hausman, Ernest Hausman coming on, you know, maybe the guys, you know, if they're going to Charlotte, whatever school they're going to. Um Biff Pogi, maybe getting kids to come down there from the program. I don't know, but and the same thing with RJ Moten playing. I mean, I think he started a few games and and it was all you know. You, you saw number six on defense on the. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's like I do you not care to win a national championship at all. Is that not part of the mix? You know that that's what mystifies me and all this stuff. I mean, the thing about the portal. It's giving kids an out not to have to compete. Oh, let's just opt out. And it's, you know, it, it's pretty sad. I mean, I, I've talked to a, 
a couple coaches uh, in college football that have indicated that after spring ball, look out. Because if, the, if they're a two and they feel like they're slipping to a three, they're gone. They're gone. I mean, it's that, it's that even if they only have one year of, of, of uh, eligibility used up, they got three left, they're gone. And that's really sad right now because it's like that whole idea of competing for a, compi- uh, for, uh, a position and working your way up is that, that, that patient factor is just not there. Well, that's certainly in evidence in Colorado where you've got a, uh, a flood of players that are leaving with uh, Deion Sanders. You had, uh, I don't know, you're, all, you're looking at almost 20 so far. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering uh, your thoughts about that. I know it's not directly Michigan, but it is certainly uh, this, um, this subject that we're talking about on player movement. You know, you got a new coach. I get that. He's got his own thing. He's kind of almost encouraging some to, to jump ship. But uh, to see that, your thoughts? Well, it's almost – you know, he encouraged him. I mean, I mean, I've saw some statements coming out of Deion Sanders and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, conf- I'm, I'm going to make a full conf- confession here. I watched the entire Colorado spring game. I never thought in my entire life I would watch a Colorado Buffalo spring football game on TV, but I did because I'm intrigued by Deion Sanders and they had 40 some people, 40,000 40, some people uh, in that, in, in that, in Folsom field. Uh, you know, and it snowed the night before. So Deion Sanders brings his passion back, right? You know, he's the savior guy. This is a team that was a one in 11 last year, okay? And you're having that many for your spring game in that kind of weather. But he brings hope. And also he brings change. And he even declared a change. You know, he made the statement, you know, welcome to the portal. I mean, he he signified that there's going to be a change in personnel for those not buying in. And maybe he's not pushing him off the – the ship, but I, showing where the you know where where the bow and the stern is if they want to hop off, and I you know I eighteen kids that's an entire it's you know the latest was eighteen I heard I did some research for the podcast so that means that's an entire recruiting class is gone for 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 Colorado I mean it's 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 difficult navigation on that step I mean you want to fulfill all eighty five of your scholarship kids. And that's what all these schools are doing. Maybe, you know, Colorado's an extreme, but um, this is nuts. I don't like, I don't like, I, I'm starting not to like the portal way more than I thought I would not like it. I'm starting to disdain it. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you anticipated my next question, which is simply uh, is all of this bad for the players? Is it bad for college football? I, you know, some are, are going to say, oh, you guys, you know, old school this, old school that. We're old, man. <laughs> but but the thing about it is if you're steeped in Michigan football and you listen to guys like Doug Skeen and you listen to guys like John Jansen and others who have been through it, then you start to understand that there they those kind of guys gained a lot from the struggles of college football. Yeah, guys that played under Bo Schembechler and worked right. three four years before they saw the field significantly, and and how much that helped them 
in their development and and really testing their uh i guess their uh metal as a as an individual and so I, I think that they sometimes, especially skiing, looks at all this askance as, as to if to say they're missing out on a really important part of the college football experience for many. And yet you're going to have people that come back with, hey, they're going after their best opportunity, and that's that. Yeah, I mean, everybody's, you know, a lot of these kids are looking at – the league, the NFL, um, especially in basketball. But, you know, it's like offensive linemen, speaking of Doug Skeen, offensive linemen at Michigan, it was almost like it took the third year you did, you got your redshirt year when Gittleson would build you up and everything, build your neck up. And then, you and then you'd, you know, you'd be a third, you know, you'd be on the, on third string maybe or your, your redshirt freshman year, your second year. I mean, you wouldn't see the field typically. Unless you were, you know, in your third year, because offensive line was a difficult position to learn. And then that was just kind of the way it was. I mean, rarely you would see a, a freshman play at any of the positions. And now if they're these kids aren't aren't getting, a, you know, getting enough touches, you know, it's like or, or being targeted enough. I know parents of wide receiver, I'm, I'm, you're not getting enough targets, not getting enough targets. You know, um, and you're hearing all this, these, this terminology thrown at you. And it's all it's all about their kid, right? It's all about their kid, and um, you know all these outside influences, the parents, the handlers, all the oh, you need to go here, and you got to bet. And then the NIL brings the enticement element to it, uh, which we're seeing with Hunter Dickinson, um, you know. And it's like, my God, this is like college football is. You know, we we talked about free agency, right? But it's free agency without a salary cap. You know, the thing that I hate about Major League Baseball, why I lost my interest in Major League Baseball back to the Kurt Flood era, oh, free agency is one thing. But now when you don't have a salary cap where the Yankees, where the, you know, the richest owner can have, you know, they can they can pay the most and pluck away other teams. I know small market teams and low pay, low market teams do, do get in the playoffs and once in a while do win the World Series, but it's a disadvantage. And and now NIL is basically becoming Major League Baseball because there's no salary cap on the NIL. They've got to structure this stuff a little bit more. And, and you know, everybody's rating everybody. And when you get a verbal commitment, like Michigan, you know, gets a 24 commitment, you know, oh, the 24 class is doing great and blah, 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 blah. And and yet, you know, it's like, I, is the guy going to even be there? Or is the guy going to, once he does get here, is he going to transfer? Don't know. And John Borton, did you just disappear on me? <laughs> Right here, my friend. I am okay. right here. Um, You're covering your eyes is what you were doing when you yeah, were Yeah, yeah. I couldn't look anymore when I think of the state of, of all this. No, um, here's the deal. I just, I think that you're not going back. That's the thing. Oh, Jenny's so, on the bottle. No, that's so you right. might as well get used to it. You might as well adjust to it and move forward. Um, so... But but we don't have to necessarily think all quote unquote progress is good. Um, I on that topic on maybe the positive side of that topic. I want to ask you of the players that Michigan has gleaned out of the transfer portal. Who do you think uh, will be the top guy, the top contributor 
out of those guys coming in, as you've been able to listen to what's happened in spring ball or listen to what people are saying and get some kind of evaluation there? Well, I mean, it's, you know, um, I think, you know, the position, I'm going to go to linebacker because, you know, now there's one less linebacker, right? When Nikhil Green gone. So I'm going to go with, you know, Ernest Hausman. And we, you know, it's like you heard about him in, in spring practice. You saw what we, we saw, what we saw at the spring game. And so, you know, and, and, and I, you know, we all got to scrum with him in the media, you know, I, he's a great kid and he's guy, the guy's just built like him. He's, he's really cut. He looks like a very athletic linebacker up close. And I, I expecting great things out of him. And hopefully that's, so that's the guy of any of, of these portal guys that, that uh, gets my attention because that's a, that was a, position of a pretty decent depth not so much depth now because you got an experienced guy who didn't play last year in with Kyle Green but he's back this year um but yeah there were concerns though um about he's coming off an injury and where's his speed and and it he didn't look like he was flying around out there all the time when we saw him in the spring game um I don't know what he is medically but um so but he's gone so uh, it's Hausman's got to fill that void. Yeah, and I think uh, I think that he is going to be way high up there on the list. I talked to people in Nebraska, and <clears throat> they just were very high on him, said that he was probably your best freshman at Nebraska last year. Yeah. Big loss for them, by the way, if oh, you're yeah. on the other end of that. I mean, it's yeah. – it's I mean, that would be like, uh, you know, Michigan losing uh, a starter on defense – um, and, you know, he, he really grew into the role as the season went along and began to get more confidence, had a sack on J.J. Uh, McCarthy, if you'll recall. Uh, and I so I would say that uh, defensively, I think uh, he will be the biggest impact player. I'm going a different direction, though, because uh, I'm going to say keep, a, keep an eye on big Ladarius Henderson out of Arizona State, 6'5", 3'10", because just the, some of the people that I talk to, I really think that this guy could end up being your left tackle this year yeah. for the Wolverines. And if he is in that position to, uh, to complete what is going to be, however they order it, a very, very good offensive line for the Wolverines, then I, I would say, man, he takes that top spot. Because uh, protecting J.J. McCarthy is going to be extremely important. You've got a couple of potential 1,000-yard rushers that you're blocking for. And this is a kid that started all the way back to his freshman year. Uh, he's played an awful lot of college football. And I think he would have definitely gotten drafted if he'd have gone in the draft. He decided to stick around, come to Michigan. And, you know, I think he uh, he could be a big piece of the – literally big piece of the puzzle uh, come this season. Yeah. When Carson Barnhart and others backing, you know, backing him up, I mean, that offensive line, you talk about a position where you would think that there might be some transfer portal. I mean, I've never seen an offensive line when we, when we've gone through the personnel and say there's many as seven or eight guys that could contribute on an offensive line. I mean, this is a deep, this is a very deep offensive line. 
And uh, yeah, that that's a good one. And 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 you know, protecting JJ McCarthy is 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 going to be critical. Uh, you know, we got you got to keep him upright. So that that's definitely that's definitely a good one, JB. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and uh, take a look at one of our sponsors tonight. Uh, got to have a lot of energy to do what these guys do on a day-to-day basis, talking about the Michigan Wolverines. And that's what Vitamin Energy provides. You go to vitaminenergy.com, you can find out all about it. You get fitness, health, energy, all in one convenient shot. It's great tasting and energy for seven or more hours with no sugar crash because there is no sugar in it. It's non-GMO. It's kosher certified as well. The Burner Plus Energy and Performance Packed All-in-One, a thermogenic fat burner. I've tried several, more to come, and I got that thermogenic fat burner going in my own life, uh, keeping you alert when you're driving, when you uh, need that little extra energy when you're on a late deadline, you name it. Uh, Vitamin Energy provides it. You don't want drowsiness for sure in those situations. You won't have it. With Vitamin Energy, just use the promo code Wolverine Bogo. That's Wolverine B O G O at vitaminenergy.com. It's easy. Go to vitaminenergy.com, add an item to your cart, and get an item of equal or lesser value absolutely free. Give it a try, give it a shot, shake it and take it. Vitaminenergy.com. And again, that promo code Wolverine Bogo. And now we will go. Back to the one and only Tom Crawford. And, and take uh, it right now. Let's shake, shake it, it and take it. No doubt. Uh, we want to go to uh, stay with football, but tell me about the player in Tom Crawford's mind that Michigan can least afford to lose. And I'm making it a little tougher for you. I'm going to take number nine off the board. You can't. Uh, you, no, no picking J.J. McCarthy because I think that would be everybody's choice as the guy you can't have go down. But for the rest of the field, who would, uh, who would Tom, Tom Crawford say has to be the guy that, uh, that stays on his feet and contributes all year for this team? Wow, that's, that's a, a great question. Um, uh, a couple of uh, – I got to mention the runners up would be Mason Graham would be one. I, 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 you know, and any of funny or ironic that you, we talk about, I was talking to a Michigan buddy of mine yesterday. We started talking about injuries and we felt started getting superstitious. Like, Oh my God, let's start talking about injuries. You know, we're going to jinx them, you know, like as if we have any impact. Um, but you know, you got it. You got to talk about, you know, you got to look at, and this is where depth is such a critical thing. Mason Graham would, would, would be, a uh, uh, a person I'd hate to hate to lose, uh, definitely. And then, and then, you know, because of the departure at, at safety, you know, it's like, uh, you know, can't, you can't lose anybody in that position. Um, so Makari page might be one, but I'm going to, there's one guy that stands out and he's the most, I mean, he's got the most NFL potential and he's got incredible skills. He's Will Johnson. And it, because you got to still find out who that other corner is going to be, and which is one of the big question marks on this Michigan defense in the secondary in particular. So Will Johnson would be the guy because if, you know, I'm knocking on wood all over the place here, he's going to have a great year. He's going to have a Charles Woodson, not junior year, but at least a Charles Woodson sophomore year. 
I would agree with you. You read my mind. Will Johnson was my guy as well. And, uh, you know, he's been a little nicked up in the offseason. So uh, he has got to get healthy and stay healthy for this team. Just tactically, when you look at these two deeps, uh, you understand, as you said, very great observation that uh, Michigan uh, is still looking for a starting second cornerback. It cannot afford to lose the kid that uh, picked off two passes in the Big Ten championship game, stood strong against Ohio State, and stands to have just a really outstanding sophomore season. So uh, Will Johnson would definitely be the guy. I had a conversation with him not long ago for our football preview, and uh, this kid is excited and ready to go. There's no question about that. So we will wish him the best in getting back from uh, some of the, the uh, uh, bang-ups and setbacks yeah. and boo-boos, however you want to. He'll be fine. You want to call Please. it. Okay. There you, there you have it. Tom Crawford says he will be fine. Um, how about uh, we'll talk a little bit of, uh, oh, first a scheduling note. Because I just saw this in passing. It came out today. Uh, talking about you got some Western Michigan games in the future. Yeah. Nobody's going to be too hyped up about that. But one of the things that uh, they announced was a flip-flop in the Texas dates. Yeah. And that yeah. means Texas coming to the big house in 2024, a year yeah. from this fall, and Michigan going back down to uh, Texas in, I believe, 2027. Right. So, you know, Tom Crawford, you're you're a guy that has had a little bit of a beef with uh, these last couple of schedules. You got the Longhorns coming in. I'm I'm sure that makes you happy. Yeah, you know, it's like um, – and they, they had actually announced that a, a month – I think Abloff, and, you know, he bundled that in with some of the other things about – I mean, UTEP, uh, University of Texas, El Paso is coming on. Uh, another non, you know, non, not super relevant program. But I, all I ask for is a power five school uh, beyond just group of five uh, each year. And this after this year, you look at the schedule, I think there's at least a group of five between Texas and Oklahoma. And I think there's a, uh, other schools come on. So that little beef I have is, is going to be gone after this year. But um, the Texas thing is gonna is is gonna be uh, that's great because you're gonna find out what you got and and you're gonna get that early on and then you, and you can react and then um, even if you lose that game, the fact you're you played a top you know a, a you know a, a top ten team uh, you know Texas is a top ten program you're talking about a, a top five top ten in recruiting literally every year it's it's got all it, the University of Texas has all the resources that Michigan has. And um, so I, you know, that's, that's cool. And, and then Oklahoma's coming on board. And then, and then if you happen to lose one of those games, you, you still can make up for it in the big 10 um, and, and still get in and not be penalized. When, especially when we're going with this 12 team thing and uh, with 12 teams, you can, there, there's no excuse not to play a power five team for, for the university of Michigan. And one of those three non-conference, there's absolutely no excuse when you have a 12-team opportunity as far as 12 teams in the playoff and the at-large opportunity. So 
I'm happy about that. There you go. I can, I understand it. And I understand that. I know that fans will be excited about it. I think Michigan's schedule once again, is not going to hurt it, hurt them uh, this year because of all the opportunities they've got in the big 10, but that's a story for another day. We can have that argument anytime. Uh, yeah. yeah. We, we, we'll wait until we bring in somebody like a Doug Karsh who will be squarely on the side of Tom Crawford on oh, that whole cool. thing. So you guys can go two two to one and beat me one. You want. Love it. Let's go. Let's go to this. You look at Michigan's schedule, and uh, I, I was thinking about this the other day as I ran down through it. Michigan is going to handle a lot of people this year. My question: <laughs> They are. Yeah, they are. This is going to be one good team. Now, can you pick me out three teams out of this regular season that will hang with Michigan to the extent that they stay within two touchdowns to the Wolverines? <laughs> three regular season opponents. Will there be? If so, who are they and why? Let's see. Let's see. 45-23 is 22 points. So that wouldn't have even worked last year for Ohio State. Year, right? last year, no, um, yeah. Um, well, I'm going to be Captain Obvious here, and there's two of them that are, you know, all of our listeners here on on the Wolverine Live would agree. I mean, November 11th, going to Happy Valley, you know, it's going to be a whiteout. Um, that, that's going to be an intense game, and just the environment is going to make that a challenge, let alone the, the good personnel that they have. So um, I would say that Penn State game on November 11th, and then and then two weeks after that, the Ohio State game uh, in Ann Arbor. I think that's going to I mean Ohio State. Kyle McCord's going to be a new quarterback, right? But uh, if he's the guy, uh, but the, the amount of, of uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and all those all those talented um, players back and the running back, oh, Ohio State's going to and and that, they're going to be you know the girding their loins to beat Michigan, right? So um, I would say that's the other captain obvious. That's the other game. It's the it's the third one that's a difficult one, and you might be surprised. You might be shocked by this. Is I've talked about games on November 11th and November 25th, right? How about the game on November 18th, the ultimate sandwich game, trap game, if you will. Okay, Maryland on the road between Penn State going to Happy Valley. You got the Bucks coming in town for the you know the game of the century, another game of the century. They gotta go to they gotta go to Maryland, uh, and you know I'm not, I'm not saying they're not gonna win, but I think that could be a surprisingly difficult game, and that's the one that's that one fear game that I have that could bite Michigan in the butt. Tom Crawford, East Lansing resident, uh, Michigan grad, goes off the board to take Maryland for the third game there, yeah. so. He's going to rile up some of his neighbors, no doubt, because, of course, uh, what wasn't listed there was Michigan State at Michigan State on October yeah. the 21st. I'm not worried about that game. I, and I've been I've been and I'm not trying to hate on Michigan State, uh, but I just I, I just think Michigan's going to be prepared for that game. I think personnel wise, they match up tremendously against that team. And I, I think, you know, all those games at Spartan Stadium in Michigan, they've won a couple, uh, and then they lost the last one there. And they haven't had that, you know, 
you know, that, that, where they, that punch out game at, at Spartan stadium that, you know, that happened a long time ago, you know, when um, it's been a long time since Michigan's buried Michigan state at Spartan stadium. And, and so I, I I'm not saying they're going to bury him. I it's going to be more than two, going to be more than two scores. Yeah. All right. Let, let me give you a little dark horse here because okay. it just seems like Michigan plays close games when it heads to Lincoln, Nebraska, which it does early in the season. And I'll tell you what, last time out at Nebraska, the Wolverines were hanging on for dear life. And that's early in the season. If things haven't quite come together, like, uh, like you want, like they will, like, you know, they will, uh, you know, Michigan could struggle on the road a little bit there. So, I'm just going to throw that one out. As well, a, I got to ask you. Let me interject a question, John. Are you yeah, just you know, our, our producer Megan is a University of Nebraska graduate? Are you just doing this to make her smile that you're respecting? <laughs> is that part <laughs> of your whole thing? <laughs> she knows. She knows. She's probably picking that. She was probably thinking that as ah. those three games that okay. uh, absolutely foreign <laughs> Huskers are going to be in it. But uh, no, I was not making that connection actually, okay. but uh, very good observation on your yeah. part. Yeah. And uh, you know, she'll, she'll keep us on the air for a little while longer that way. <laughs> At least she'll like you for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, let's talk, let's kind of lighten it up a little bit as far as uh, the topic here. And we talk about road games. Uh, you can talk Ohio State. You can go talk about going up to East Lansing, out to uh, Happy Valley. Tom Crawford, over the years, you've made a lot of Big Ten road trips. Yeah. What would you say is your favorite road trip in all of the Big Ten? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I mean, I, I this is going way back. Um, and I've been there a few times. But this the University of Wisconsin. And I'm going to go back to the 70s, John, when I was in school. And I and I went with the uh, I went on a road trip uh, with uh, the cheerleaders, um, all male cheerleaders who were fraternity brothers of mine. They rode in this van. They went to the games, you know. So I rode with them, and then and then another fraternity brother of mine was worked for John Falk as a, a assistant equipment manager. And so I got a sideline pass at oh, Camp wow. Randall. Okay, and so I helped load the truck and do all that stuff. So I got I got behind the scenes. But that crop, I mean, first of all, Michigan had just come off a loss to Michigan State, uh, that 24-15, and there was payback time. This was 1978, and they went out and buried the Badgers. Now, this was like 11 years before Barry Alvarez was there. They beat them 42 to nothing, right? But that crowd stayed in the stands the entire game. And I'm looking around like, what? Uh, you know, we're looking like, why are these people at Michigan City when they have a blowout? Even the home field, the home fans go. But they never left. And I'm thinking, what is going on here? They had this thing called the fifth quarter with the band. So the mm. band's playing the Budweiser song. This is before, you know, Stomp Around came into play. And I've never seen such spirit for a lousy football team uh, as the University of Wisconsin. This is and the, the night before we stayed at the Beta House, uh, this frat right on the lake, Lake Mendota. And they had a party mm. that started like at one in the morning. I mean, so, I mean, it was a crazy college weekend, and I will never forget it. So, University of Wisconsin, as far as road trips, near and dear to me. And that's that place, you know, I, you know, Ohio State, when you go there and win, it's great. When you lose, it's miserable. 
as well as all the other all the other places because everybody hates Michigan. Everybody yeah. hates Michigan. When you go on the road as a fan, and I'm giving I've done the media and the fan. I've done more fan than you. You've been in the media for so many years, John. But when you're out there exposed as a fan, that's when you really get a gauge of what their fan base is like. So I remember running out of the tunnel behind the Michigan team in 78, and they were throwing tomatoes through this barbed wire. They were trying to throw, hit it at Bo Schembeck. It was, it was crazy. This guy. Yeah. Oh, hey, we're on the same page way too much tonight because my favorite road trip, no doubt, in the Big Ten is Wisconsin. Yeah. And many of the reasons that you've stated, I've been there through some uh, interesting times. I was there – when uh, the fans pressed so hard against the rail oh, that the rail popped and they filled out. I oh. mean, we were on the field trying to get to the interview, and then they turned that, our interview area into triage because that was a, that was horrible. That was a scary, scary situation there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The scariest situation for reporters in those games is when they do do jump around and uh, you're in the press box and that thing starts to sway. I mean, you're going back and forth and you feel like, Oh man, is this going to hold? But Wisconsin number one road trip for me, number two, uh, we are going to get a chance at making this year. And that would be going to Penn state. There is just always an on fire atmosphere out there. And the way Lloyd Carr dominated the uh, Nittany Lions early in uh, in this series just got them in such a frenzy over Michigan that they wanted to leave the Big Ten. And so they always have it in for Michigan when they come out there. Third, I like going to Iowa. Iowa is, is, uh, yeah. is a fun place to go. And, again, the, the fans are right on top of the field. and It's, it's a it's boxing just- ring. It's a boxing ring. Horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's tight. <laughs> yes. No question about it. Uh, all right, let's let's before we wrap this thing up, we got to talk a little bit of basketball. Okay. And talking basketball these days, it seems like there's either somebody again coming or going to Juwan Howard's roster. We keep hearing about Juwan Howard. The latest we heard about him is that he might wind up in Kansas with four million dollars in his pocket. And Tom Crawford, your thoughts about? Those sorts of developments. Are you talking about Hunter Dickinson? What, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, you know, I, he went to Kentucky. And I know, and I I, I knew the parent of a, a big, when I was working in Texas, who got, who signed out of Kentucky, this is years ago. I mean, when, when you get an official visit of Kentucky, you, you get, uh, you get the whole enchilada in terms of, uh, you know, make you feel like you're king for a day. Okay. So, I mean, there's that element. But in Kansas, we keep hearing about this NIL with this huge, huge amount of, of money. Uh, and you got the Maryland factor. I mean, all these facts. And Georgetown was a bunch of money over a million dollars. And um, I, I don't see Hunter coming back to Michigan. I, I know that for a fact. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not for a fact, but I mean, uh, uh, just uh, the high percentage of chances that, you know, is that he's not going to come back versus versus comeback. So. That leaves, you know, Michigan, you know, yet they're kind of twisting in the wind. I mean, obviously, with Greg Glenn leaving yesterday, that was another nugget that got kind of got hit under the radar because all the football guys were leaving. Right. Um, You know, so the basketball program, if I'm not mistaken, has six departures from the team that were there last year. Almost half of the 13 scholarship kids are heading out the door. And, And Greg Glenn 
to segue over to him, JB, was a guy that, you know, I mean, he came out of, I think, Fort Lauderdale. And uh, it makes me think of um, at Media Day, you know, when we go to that Media Day, you know, we, and we, it's over at Chrysler and, we're, and we all, when, when we started out, Juwan does this thing and then we go to these tables and everybody goes like to Hunter and Jet Howard and, and, but I started with Greg Glenn because I like, because I always go to the guys, they're sitting by themselves and I feel bad for them. You know what I mean? All, there's nobody around them. So I talked to Greg Glenn and um, he, you know, uh, he didn't seem like he was into it. You know what I mean? A little homesick, you know, a little, I mean, he looked like he didn't want to be there. That's yeah. just a cool reaction. Well, know? I've it's seen that real. There's no question. Yeah, and, and, I and, did. You know, he, had, he had offers from Alabama. He told me, you know, I asked him about his other offers. And he's, I think he mentioned Alabama and Florida, Florida State, and he went to Ann Arbor, and it just didn't work out. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know how do you when you transfer and you haven't. I mean, the number of minutes were so slim for that guy. They're going to have to look at his high school tape to evaluate him. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt about it. I will say this. I didn't have the foresight to go straight to Jet Howard because I knew we wouldn't have him for another preseason. <laughs> <laughs> like I go backwards. I go against the grain. So I yes, started with those guys. And then all then, then all you big shot media guys, you leave them and then you you go, you you know, you you clean up with the Greg Glens of the world. And I'm already done with him. And, and then I got Hunter, you know, I basically had a hunter on one on one. That's the strategy at media day. My you could get a great uh interview back in the day with Spike Albrecht doing uh doing that sort of thing. Yes, exactly. He comes up uh like a million bucks in the national championship game. Should have uh should have done it and and won it for the Wolverines that year. Tom Crawford, uh just take it take us home. Give us a couple of thoughts off the top of your head. Uh, about any topic that you so choose. <clears throat> well, um, I, I want to mention um, that Carol Hunch is getting named after the softball team. Hutch is, you know, Hutch is from Lance. She went to Everett High School here, went to Michigan State. And I was just thrilled when that happened this past weekend. I mean, you hear, you talk about people who, who, who anybody talks about Hutch, it's all in high esteem. And uh, she went, you know, graduate Michigan State. Um, but she's a Wolverine through and through. And uh, don't you think that was pretty cool when they named, you know, the softball field after her? Uh, no doubt about it. I mean, she's she's been a part of it for decades, and now she will uh, forever be a part of it. She would have anyway, but to have her name on that stadium, I think yeah. I think that's one thing that everybody agrees about. Because, you, you know, when you talk about Michigan athletics, you're always going to talk about Yost. You're always going to talk about Chrysler, Schembechler. Um, you know, you're going to talk about some of the best coaches that were ever in place at Michigan. And you cannot list that list without saying Carol Hutchins. <clears throat> and think about this. When she started uh, women's athletics in, in, uh, in the big time were just – not very prominent. Oh my and God. Carol Hutchins was one of the pioneers that, that helped make it so. And she got to the place where she had a team playing on national television in the, uh, in the NCAA championships and won an NCAA yeah. championship. She took them to the highest heights and she saw 
women's athletics go from just kind of an afterthought tucked in the back to something that is featured prominently in a number of sports all year long. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I still remember that. And I, you know, I, I watched women's softball because I, I think it's an amazing game. And I do this, you know, when they get the NCAA tournament, I mean, there, there's, there, there's some amazing athletes in, 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 in that sport at that level. And when Michigan won that national championship, I think they beat UCLA and um, Michigan has such a hard time. I mean, they're, they're, you know, in sports, I mean, look what they've done in, in hockey. They're like one in seven in the frozen four. And I'm not hating on anybody right now. Okay. You get to that level. That's cool. But it's, it's so hard to have it. Everything fall into place and you win the national title. We've seen Michigan football getting uh, to a couple final fours here in the CFP. Saw basketball beeline in 13 and 18. Uh, seen some elite eights, and um, but to get to win it all like Hutch did on that team, that that is so sweet because it's so hard to win an undisputed national championship, which is what they all are now. They're all playoff structured. It's not like football in '97 where you get you know always that nagging. Oh, it's a co, it's a co. You know what I mean? So that these it's all playoff driven, and um, so. I'll never forget watching. I was really happy when they won the national championship. That was so cool. Oh, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, the NCAA softball tournament is appointment TV across the nation anymore. It and it, it, it's – Carol Hutchins was a part of bringing all that along and seeing it unfold. So uh, great congratulations to her. And uh, we got to – we got to get out of here, but it's been fun as always. Uh, thanks to our uh, producer, Megan Gunther, and Tom Crawford, who does a fabulous job every single week. Tom, we'll talk real soon again. And yep. uh, like we always say, we don't run out of things to uh, <laughs> chew over when it comes to Michigan football, basketball, hockey, softball, you name yeah. it. Yeah, I think there'll be a, a big portal discussion topic maybe a week from now with Hunter Dickinson. Who knows? But uh, we'll – We'll have that and many other things. John, always a pleasure to be on with you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.